I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. And this week, we have a very special guest, actor, improviser, soon-to-be-a-voice actor, we are just talking about... <laughs> Maybe. Antonis Farkaris. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my god, I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah, in this library. In Welcome to my library. Your, in the bottom of your building. <laughs> I feel like every time we do a podcast down here, we have to mention how cool this it's room so is. It's interesting, and like this fake wooden flooring. It's got... It's just, somebody put a lot of effort into this. this into this somebody's room. somebody's project. <laughs> You know what I mean? This is someone's pet There's project. There's history here that you don't, you can't really sense, but somebody really Tried. loved making this room happen. <laughs> totally. And I was saying there's, like, really good books here. Like, there's a gay lit section. Which is insane. So I, you know what, it's totally possible that the guy who was, like, really into this, or girl, or whoever else yep. was, like, LGBT and was like, I want to leave this for generations to come. Right. I love it. So I'm returning a book today that I loved. It's called Swingland, and it is a real account. It's like part instructional, but mostly real account of like this single guy's foray into the lifestyle, they call it, quote unquote, the lifestyle, like the swinging lifestyle. And it is such a good book. It's by Daniel Stern. Why is it a lifestyle? Why is it called there, the lifestyle? Is it sort of like there are certain groups and it's just a different sort of game to be playing? I don't really understand why it would be a lifestyle. It's like, that's the term that they use to describe the okay. swing, swingers. Yeah, why is it a lifestyle? That's a good question. Because they call it, quote unquote, the lifestyle when they refer lifestyle. to it. Like, yeah, it's like this huge subculture of people. Like, And there's online dating uh, directories and... Yeah, there's like it's like a full out community of people that regular vanilla people probably aren't totally aware of, but like people that are in the swingers community like have playdates, like they could have five playdates a week. That's... Where they're having threesomes, they're having group sex, they're either hosting, there are like all these different types of parties, like it can be a house party, a hotel party. That's one of those incredible things that I think wouldn't exist without the invention of the internet. Yeah, 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 totally. Because how would you know? Other, how would you know? Where would the people be? How how would you get a hold of people? Yeah, and the <laughs> internet has basically opened up all of the conversations about so many sexuality topics and discussions. I mean, I think so much of LGBT rights these days happens thanks to the internet and things like that. Just knowing there are other people around like you, and you can say it anonymously, you can say it across distances. Totally. You would hope that people growing up... Um, thinking they're alone, you would hope that nowadays, since they have access to stuff like that, that they wouldn't feel so alone. You wouldn't alone. feel so isolated. I don't know. You're quite a bit younger than I am. Did you... You grew up with the internet, right? Yes. My yeah. my family was pretty into the internet before a lot of families were, which, oh, which okay. was lucky for me growing up. I, like, I don't really remember not having it. Mm-hmm. 
um, and a lot of my first understandings of who I was and the fact that there were other people like that, a lot of that came through the internet and playing, like, online games, place mm-hmm. where you were also around other strange people. And Uh-huh. Did you play games online with people when you were yeah. young? Yeah? Yeah. What kind of games? I mean, World of Warcraft. I played yeah. a lot of World of Warcraft. Because um, in that, I'm, I'm not a gamer, so I don't know, but, like, you talk to people. You have a, there's, like, a whole chat system. I had friends that I still talk to today online. Really? I met when I was 12. No way! Um, yeah, and they had, like, some of them have kids now, and it's just this crazy way where you will just sort of meet people that were like you in a very safe environment, and then just hang out with them from across enormous distances. Yeah. Do, have you ever, like, met somebody that you had an online kind of I friendship have, with? I have never. No? Usually. My sister has. Really? Yeah. She's, like, traveled all over the world, gone to Iceland, gone to Maryland, gone to... Did she go to somewhere like Indonesia? Maybe she didn't. But she has definitely gone to Iceland and all of the states meeting friends that she made online. To meet the friends? To meet the friends, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, she goes on these excursions for weeks at a time. Is she younger than you or older than She's you? older than me. Three She's years older than me. Okay. Which is still a lot younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> Age means nothing. Age is a mirage. My first things that I did on the internet was uh, chat rooms. Do you even know what that is? Like forums almost? Kind of, but you would, you can go, you could go in a one-on-one chat room with somebody. So first you would be chatting, um, and, and a chat room would have a theme, like, like sports. You'd be in a sports chat room. Okay, I wouldn't be in a sports chat room, but like, (laughs) so you would go to this basketball chat room to talk to people about basketball. So you're typing, right? Okay. Um, and then you could go ask one person to go on a one-on-one chat. So it would be a one-on-one conversation. Sort of like MSN or AIM or sort of a framework like that. Okay. I was in one of those as well. Yeah. But you didn't have to like, it wasn't a program that you had. It was like all online. Right, 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 right. It was in browser. Yeah. It was all in browser. You know, you know the lingo. Yes. Um, <laughs> so obviously, people would use that for cyber sex, like. Oh, constantly. I would imagine. Like yeah, that for would sure. be the main use for, for yeah. chat rooms, right? I mean, to be honest, it's kind of crazy to think that <laughs> a lot of people have never experienced cyber sex and would feel like taboo about it. It's silly. You know what I mean? It's cyber so sex s- is such like the most harmless thing. Yeah, and I feel like. Everyone has access to a computer. Like, has not has not everyone had cyber sex at this point? Yeah, of like, some come form, on. for sure. It's, like, easy, <laughs> kind of silly, fun. No, like, no as dangers. you're saying, low risk. Yeah. Yeah, super low risk. I did that because I started doing that when I was very young, when I was, like, 15. I started cyber sex when I was, like, 13. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, being silly with friends and Oh, yeah, online, so it's whatever. people you know. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because mine was not people I knew. Yours was just strangers. Yeah, this was the whole chat room thing. That's kind of cool. Because you so don't know like who they are. online one night stand. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Fun. And I remember, <laughs> Matt laughs at me for this, one of my earliest memories of, like, chatting online in a sexual context, I got, uh, I, I wanted to say blue balled, but I got cl- blue clitted. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> Where the person, like, because... Blue egged. Blue <laughs> <laughs> Blue-egged. Barf. Uh, barf. <laughs> and, um, because I was about to drop an egg. Um, <laughs> that's what happens in an orgasm. <laughs> and Just so- for clarity's sake. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go through each sexual anatomy and, like, explain everything. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so the guy... 
you know, this, I'm sure this happens a lot with cyber sex. Like if it's a stranger and like you have not developed any sort of relationship with the person, as soon as you get off, it's logged off. Like you're gone. Yeah. You're like, oh, I came. Exit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that person again. (laughs) It's really like that. That's so that crazy. Happens. That's like my first memory of cyber sex is some dude just like obviously came and just was oh, gone. Sick. Gone. Later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but then you worry that maybe there's some sort of like shame attached to it. They don't want oh, to talk to you afterwards. Probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just like, well, uh, that's what that conversation was about. So Definitely. once that yeah. part's done, it's like, why am I going to continue to talk to this? This random who, entity that I don't know. Yeah. Who even is it? Yeah. yeah. No idea. Well, I was 15, <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, like... You were offended? I was so offended. I don't know, for me... I guess it's an offensive thing. Yeah. It's just, like, I so small, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, they didn't care, obviously, but I obviously did a little bit. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you felt like you got broken up with. You're like, ah, we just shared this. <laughs> yeah, I felt like we shared something. That's silly. I guess that's good though. Your emotions are working well. Yeah, you yeah. Care, you care for others. I have empathy. I'm not a sociopath. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. That person, I don't know. I couldn't say the same thing about that. So, so was your family kind of open about sexuality, sex and sexuality? No, entirely. Yeah, entirely. I can remember being like, um, pretty young, like six or seven, and I can remember my mother pointing out specifically a transgender woman who lived near us and just explaining what it was and being like this person is very brave for their honesty and for being who they are and just being like oh okay interesting do you remember that yeah that's probably my first memory of somebody telling me about lgbt anything at all wow and so there was there were a few conversations when i was like pretty young like eight or nine when my mother was like if you are nobody will be angry at you, everyone will be happy that you are honest about yourself. And right. obviously I didn't come out when I was eight, but I think I started saying when I was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. So and your yeah, mom, you think your it. mom knew by saying that? You think your mom knew? I totally think she knew. Yeah? Yeah. I think that she was sort of like lining it up and being like, if, like, we think this child is, yeah. but if in the case they are not, this isn't going to do any harm, so... Oh, yeah, of course not. Like, being honest about it. Yeah, education, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Like, I think that... I mean, nobody's childhood is perfect, but I think in that regard, I've been very lucky, and I'm lucky now to live in Canada, the greatest country in the world. You know what I mean? To be gay and... Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's the safest place. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. What did... How did you come out? Or how did you even come to realize that? I think I actually always knew. Yeah? I think I knew when I was, like, five. Really? Yeah. What was going through your brain? Did you realize you were different, or did you... I mean, definitely different. I definitely felt, like, a little out of the ordinary, but I think also just... I was able to register that when I would watch... I watched a lot of anime cartoons when I was a kid, and I would always relate to more feminine characters, women. I would always um, have, like, childhood crushes on male characters. Okay. I think it was just something I always registered about myself. That's amazing. Did you ever feel ostracized about that? Like, say you going back to coming into your classroom then, did anyone ever... I mean, a very little bit, because I definitely think that our society is set up in a way that it 
is posed as out of the ordinary. Right. It's um, posed as novel. Which so is I can remember, and I was pretty young too, so I can remember being in public school and maybe some gay jokes were made. Nothing scarring at all. Yeah. Um, I like to think I was a bit of a, um, a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> so I think, yeah. You were the bully? <laughs> I was a little bit like, oh, don't make fun of him. He'll, uh, he'll shred you to pieces. <laughs> So you were, like, very confident? This I was whole, very confident. Very confident. Very, very confident. Yeah. So nobody touched you. No, I can remember being in grade eight at the talent show and singing Believe by Cher. Yeah. And I had, my hair was um, so long, it was past my rib cage. Your actual hair? My real hair. Wow. Um, I had these big, thick glasses. And I was just, like, this bizarre... <laughs> Creature. Character. <laughs> Where did that come from, do you think? I don't know. Did you have, like, um, role models or inspiration at that time? Like, like gay role models? No, and that's the only thing, thinking about the way that I... W- things I wish I had. Right. And I wish that there were more gay role models in media, in, like, mm. cartoons, in shows. And there are more now. Mm-hmm. But back then, like, I can remember really liking James from Pokemon. Yeah. Because he was very flamboyant and cross-dressed. Okay. And other than that, I was like... Just female characters, I guess. Yeah, just so there more There weren't female. a lot of gay characters at the time. Like pop stars, anything like that? Celebrities at the time? I'm trying to think of like the first person I registered as being gay as well yeah. in real life, either celebrity or like personally around me. Yeah. Did you have gay friends? Yes. There were always other gay people around me. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, I went to an arts public school and then I went to an arts high school as well. Okay. So I think that gay people tend to congregate in artistic environments. Sure. And there were always other other kids you could that I could just register were going through similar things as me. They were also struggling with parts of their gender identity and sexuality. Really? Yeah, actually a kid that I went to all the way th- or went to school with all the way through public school and high school is now a professional drag queen yes. in Edmonton. Yes. And it's just sort of like interesting to see that other people are going through things just as out of the ordinary, in quotation fingers, does you. And I think that was something also very fortunate. Yeah, because I went to a Catholic high school. You did? Do you have a Catholic family? Not staunchly. No. um, And my dad is not. But my mom's family is pretty pretty Catholic. Bizarre. Yeah, they're pretty Catholic. Um, My mom isn't really she's very respectful of her family's sure, beliefs sure. and everything like that but we we went to church on holidays growing up for example oh you um, did but it was yeah. mostly like a family event yeah it would be did my dad come i think my dad came sometimes but other times it was just like okay no this is not dad's thing yeah. but like we always went to mass on christmas eve <laughs> and maybe easter like only a handful of times throughout the year I'm sure it was mostly just, like, beautiful singing. And yeah, it wasn't else. anything. And even, like, um, my brother and I, like, when we were quite young, we would just be sitting, like, on the floor. So the church pew, the seat of the church pew was, like, a little desk. And we would just be drawing, like, pictures on paper. Like You weren't even paying attention. No, not even the, in the slightest. Like, she would have us sat there at our little, like, church pew desk, and we would just be, like, drawing and stuff. So I never got any real, like... I had classes in school, um, and actually, I was in the choir. Actually, I sang the Ave Maria at my high school graduation. So you're a priestess. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm more an efficient. or less you're the most religious person I've ever met. Yeah, but as you're saying, like I only got into it for like because I could sing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot of the times I think like a lot of arts programs are through religious. I sang in my mom's sister Bonnie is um, an organist at a church, and I sang in her church choir when I was little. Yeah, I just didn't really mean anything. It's just that's where the choir was. That's where the singing was. Yeah, yeah for me too. Did you have any sex education throughout school? Uh, yeah, I can actually, I always say this, I can recall, like, some sexual education when I was in kindergarten. I can remember, not sex, I guess, but I can remember the, um, teacher, like, teaching us about our body parts and things like that. That's so great. Which, in retrospect, was very fortunate. That's very young to be doing that. That's great. My parents were always very open about it as well. Yeah. They would always answer any questions we ever asked, very honestly and truthfully. And then when, when I was in public school, we had sex education in grade five, and then again in grade eight. So just five and eight? And then I guess some in nine, but not yeah. anything I paid attention to. Yeah. So sex education, what type of stuff did you learn? Like puberty stuff at like puberty, grade five? Um, there was the whole putting a condom on a wooden dick thing. Really? See, we did not. That good stuff? Not get You didn't get that. any of that? No, nothing. No. That sucks. None of that. We got all of that. We got like STI conversations. Really? See, that's good. It's not great that, like, the focus of the class is not about pleasure. That's not great that it's all about scare tactics. It definitely was scare tactics. Yeah, it's all about you can become pregnant, you can all that. Like, which is important stuff to know, but as long as it's coupled with, like... You should frame it in a way that's a little more... Positive. Yeah. Sex positive. How about... (laughs) We got... We didn't even get sex negative. We got nothing. Zero. You were like, what is that and what do we do with it? Zero. And maybe... Well, I can't say why I had sex so early, but, like, it's a, there's a possibility. <laughs> of, like, wondering, right? That, yeah, and if I was kind of educated a little more about it, maybe that, yeah, veil of mystery that, like, you, you know... You wouldn't feel like you needed to experiment in, in order to understand it at all. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Because that's when people experiment is when they don't know anything about something. Yeah. And they need to try it to see at all. If yeah. you know about it, you're less likely to jump in yeah. at first. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And yeah, being like a stubborn kid as well. You're wanting to do shit that you're told not to. Yeah. And also like being an intelligent child, you probably want to learn about yourself. You want to experiment with the things you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. So you had, and then you had in grade nine? Grade nine in like gym health, like the mandatory gym and health thing that you had to take in high school. Okay. And this was actually before I transferred to the second high school, which was an arts high school. This was the first one, which was like an academic high school. Right. And I had this, like, burly Polish gym teacher who, (laughs) I don't think that he had ever met a gay person in his life. So I sort of just (laughs) didn't pay attention to his class. I was, sort of thought, this is not a battle I feel like picking. I'm just going to zone out. Right. So I don't remember it. Was he a little homophobic or? I think he definitely was, or would have been if anybody was like, would raise their hand and be like, asking a question about gay sex. I don't think that he would have um, <laughs> responded well to that. <laughs> Did you talk about gay sex? Did you talk about trans? Did you talk about... In in that class, in I think there, at one point he like mentioned mm-hmm. that some people are gay. That some people <laughs> are gay. Oh yeah, and some people are gay. Some people are gay. So, <laughs> that was his explanation of gay sex. Which is fine. Like, I understand that it's not all of a sudden going to be... In the curriculum. In the curriculum. Um, 
I think it is more now, so far as I know. Yeah, there was something going on where some yeah some groups were really pushing for it, mm-hmm. like maybe almost a year ago now. Yeah, I'm not sure what the state of uh, sex ed is happening right now. Yeah. What's going on, but... With the internet, I didn't really need it, to be honest. Like, I didn't have the internet until I was a little older, so now you had it right away. So yes. were you, like, looking at porn? Were you, what were you doing? Yeah, I was looking at porn, for yeah. sure. The f- computer that I had at first was, like, a shared computer with the family. Yes. Um, so I always think back, and I don't really remember if computers were even complicated enough at that point to have a history bar. Right. I never took any precautions. No. So I'm assuming that if there was a history bar, somebody must have known, <laughs> it would have all been in there. <laughs> Unless... So, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Okay, great. Let's talk talk more about sex, Antonis. Um, We're going to take a very quick break. I'll be right back. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to tell you about a new publication of mine. It will be available as an ebook and an audiobook, and it is called For the Men and the Women Who Love Them. And it is both edited and narrated by the lovely Ms. Rose Carraway. This thrilling, cinematically minded anthology will be published through Amazon, Smashwords, iTunes, Audible, and Barnes and Noble. So if you have an interest in reading some sexy stories as well as supporting some amazing erotica authors, please check it out. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello everyone, thanks for listening. We're back with Antonis Varkaris. Hello. Hello and welcome. Thank you. Welcome again. Yay. Still here. Still in the library. This beautiful... I love the walls. I love that they're like a bright color, which clearly was thought about because this is in the basement. It doesn't have any light. Somebody's obsessed. Somebody loved this library. It's a cork board. (laughs) Yeah, there's a community board. Love it. So, Antonis, when did you lose your virginity? I think the thing about it is it was more of a process. Yeah. Like, things were done in steps over a period of time. See, I didn't. I went all in right away. You went all in. Oh, yeah. I went from from having my first French kiss to having sex in, like, like a year and a half. Oh, wow. To having my first real kiss. You're like, here's my first kiss. And then just dive right in. Yeah, here's my first sex. Yeah, my first sex. That's what I said right before I did it, Hmm. too. I would say that I lost my virginity over the period (laughs) between 14 and 18. Okay. So it's in steps, so like yeah. pet, so heavy there was petting. Like, definitely like... went from like heavy petting to touching and oral and things like yeah. that. And then there was, there were like humps to go over, no pun intended. <laughs> so there would be long periods of time when I would be like, this is as far as I will go. Okay, yeah, right. But See, I would go that far, but I would only go that far. <laughs> See, I didn't have those limits. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I let's think... just do it all. In retrospect, like, I'm glad that I was like that, but I'm not super proud that I was like that, because I like to think of myself as a little more of a, like, a rebel. A rebel? Or as I think, well, I guess I was pretty young. But yeah, just having, I think I had way too much, like, self-restriction to be like, this is as far as I will go. Okay. So, yeah, what was that about? Was was the restriction about, like, just kind of your morals kicking in, that you thought, no, we're too young, or something like that? Um, I don't know, and I don't know if this is too personal, and I have no idea where it comes from, but I have a lot of, like, innate sex shame. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people do. Um, and the thing is, my parents were always super sex positive and still are. But something about it... A lot it... of my friends... There's something about it where I'm like... 
You felt that it was it bad just, still. It still feel that way, yeah. Isn't that funny? I don't know how to make it go away. Even in a totally sex positive like family. And I'm totally sex positive. I feel like people can be whoever they want to be. Yeah. People can do whatever they want. But I don't know. Just something about it that just I never feel super good about it. Even now? Yeah, even now. I'm not I don't <gasps> really? feel great about it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, it's the weird dynamic of feeling really positive about it, but then not always feeling positive doing it. Right. Is it a place of thinking you're not doing it, quote-unquote, correctly, like not being good enough, that sort of thing, or... It doesn't even feel like there's a reason. It just yeah. sort of feels like a weird fear. It's just... Oh, a fear! Yeah. Yeah, a fear. Okay, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like, it's not, like, scared, like, being scared of a monster... And it's not shame, like, being ashamed of your... Know, Body like, or, yeah. or... It's just sort of somewhere, like, an unsureness. Yeah. Is yeah. it due to, like, lack of experience that comes from? Like, a fear of the unknown type thing? Oh, I don't know. I've had quite a bit of sex. Uh-huh. I've had sex with both men and women. You have? I have. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I started with women. Yeah. Even though I sort of knew that it wasn't what I wanted, I think it was just... Where are you my, going? I was close with a lot of women... All, like, all my close friends with were girls, and it was available and normalized. Yeah, I was going to say, like, kind of going through the motions of what you're supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, everyone had a... Did everyone else have girlfriends and yeah, it was stuff like, like that? Yeah, sort of like early so like, high school. Everyone was just experiencing being a teenager yeah. and whatever else. Dating. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then I had boyfriends sort of closer to the end of high school and then into yeah. university. Did you ever feel like you identified as bi, or did you know? Yeah, there was a phase where I said I was bi. Yeah. Truth be told, I think think I still could be bi. Yeah. Well, as we're saying so pre-recording. Easy to say gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, actually, bi men are the. I feel like bi guys are the least visible in in society. Totally. Because nobody's it's so much out as easier bi. to just say one or the other because of the sexuality. I don't know why that is. It's like I just feel safer saying if I'm say I'm gay. Yeah. That comes with a lot of, in Canada, innate, like, oh, we support that. We yeah. sort of understand what that is from afar. Yeah, there's a community. Um, and it's easy to understand. Oh, yes. you don't like women, you like men. Got it. But as soon as you say bi, and it's not the same way for women, for some no, reason. it's people not. People are fine if a woman says I'm bi. People are like, oh, she likes being with a girl. She likes being with a boy. Yeah. But if I say that, people are like, oh, we, there's some sort of feeling that I'm lying or that I'm making something up randomly, yeah. or else it's like a perverted thing, or it's like ashamed of being actually gay. Yeah. Yeah. Women are given a lot more permission to be sexually fluid. Yes. For some fucking reason. Which is weird, because I actually think that a lot more men are bisexual than... They admit. Admit. Yeah. Than we know of. Yeah, I would say yeah. that I've like experimented... Like, I've been somebody that somebody else is experimenting with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I... I 100% agree with you and think bi guys are just, no one comes out as bi. Like, they no would have so much fun if they did. I know. Because <laughs> actually, yeah, I'm, and it's funny. I was kind of talking online with this guy who, um, speaking of that swingers book I was just reading, he's, he's a swinger. He's, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. he's married and he's got a couple kids, but he's active in the swingers community. And he actually identifies as bi openly. Um, and you would think within a swingers community, where a lot of group sex is it's being had... Very open about sexuality in general. That you would think having bi guys 
being open wouldn't have any sort of stigma attached to it. But there is. But there is. Oh, that's so awful. There is. He's it's like sexism. Even in this community where we're constantly sex positive. Yeah, and we're in the room with other dudes having sex constantly. Yeah. Even there there's a stigma towards bi men. That sucks. Isn't it crazy? That's so dumb. And he's like, it's so dumb because it's like, okay, and you can be a straight man and be involved in the swinging community. Sure. For sure. A hundred percent. You can. some men, I'm sure, are straight. And some men are straight and do it, and some guys are bi and do yeah. it, right? But he says, okay, he'll enter into, like, a, a date or, or a play party, as they say, with, like, a straight couple, right? Mm-hmm. Him and his wife and another straight, or a straight couple, because this dude I'm talking to is actually bi. He says so many times it's like, okay, it's set up that they're straight and you get in there and he want, they want to be fucked. The guy wants to be fucked right? and touched. And it's like, okay, I'm straight. I'm straight. And that dick in me. Yes. You're like, you can just say your bi. Why don't you just say your, or like, just say your, you don't have to stick with the bi label. If you think you can say anything, you you can say anything, but don't say straight. Okay. I'm interested. I I'm, could experiment. I'm curious. I'm, curious. I'm any any of the above, but please don't say, like straight kind of mis- misrepresents. Yeah, I, um, well, it's it's still people being afraid of it. Totally, and like I I get where it's coming from because it's probably fucking frightening for a dude to come out as bi. Because as you're Definitely. saying, like people for sure there's shame associated with. Yeah, it. There's and like l- perversion associated with it. Yeah, and like a lot of people think of it as a just the stepping stone towards being gay. Yes. Right. Which that, sometimes it is. Yeah. Sometimes and that's it a is. Good, that's like a helpful thing that it has done. Yeah. But I wish that people would legitimately understand that some people aren't just using it for something. Yeah. And a lot of people think that bi men don't exist. Actually, Dan Savage came out with a thing where he thinks that bi men don't exist. And I was like, Oh dear. I they totally to... exist. I can say firsthand that they definitely <laughs> that exist. That I exist. Because <laughs> we're but saying... even, like, I have definitely been with people who I would say are by even leaning towards straight, but I think that more men would be better off for embracing whatever spectrum they yeah. have. Yeah, we're saying pre-recording. It's all a spectrum, right? So... Totally. And some people don't believe in that. Yeah. What I'm saying is... It, Probably is way more than we're admitting because we're sort of stuck in these roles. Yeah. You're not even registering how much you like one compared to the other because you're afraid of one because you're told that that's bad. Yeah. And if you've never done it and you have no experience with it, it's easy to say that, oh, I'm straight. Yeah. Or whatever, because you've never actually had sex with it. And it could be just a totally different kind of sexuality. Yeah. So you're still just as straight for women. Yeah. But you also like men for other reasons. Yeah. You can be homoamorous, like, you know, where it's even just about emotional connection with people. Totally. Like, there's so many different ways to identify. I even feel like bisexual is a little, like, linear for a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, I I feel like now people don't even really say bi anymore, because they feel that's limiting. Do you feel that way? Yeah, either people go for gay or lesbian, or they go... Pansexual, Pansexual, like, polyamorous... All these kind of newish terms in the past few years that are coming out. Yeah. I feel like people don't don't even say bye anymore. Really. That's true. And actually, I was thinking you know? about that to myself the other day. I was thinking, if somebody really asked me, what are you? I'd probably now say genderqueer. Right. But I wouldn't have always said that before I would have been like, I'm gay. Yes. Yeah. That's how I would have identified. Whereas genderqueer, I feel like, has so much more of an open-ended definition. Yeah. 
It's more vague. Yeah, which is helpful. <laughs> what is it? What could it be? Yeah. What is there an actual definition for genderqueer? Genderqueer is like you're not adhe- you're it all it means is that you're not adhering to the strict definition of like male female. Right. So that's about So it's super vague. Gender, but not about sexuality. Or is it? I include sexuality. Oh, because the word queer. Because the word queer is in there, so that some people might not. Maybe some people are like I'm gender queer and I'm straight. But I feel like saying gender queer is already enough to be like I'm not heteronormative, heterosexual, regular. Yeah, yeah. Regular. I'm not regular, I'm not quote unquote regular. regular. I'm not plain chips. <laughs> oh yeah, because when I even say bi, like I'm not. To me, even when I think of the word bisexual, it means like fifty fifty. It means right in the middle of the scale. It means directly in the middle of the scale. And I feel like that doesn't... Never really happens. Yeah, And if it does, you're so lucky. You're so rare, (laughs) too. You know? Just be like, I just love them both the same. Equally. Like, I feel like that is a misrepresentation of bisexual. I don't think I've ever met anybody who's like that. No. It's just like, I like them both as much, in the same amount. The same experience I've had with both. (laughs) Like, Never. that's so rare. That doesn't exist, really. Like, or if it does, it's very It's very, unique. very rare, because most people, it's, because it's two different things, right? A man and a woman have two different bodies. Yeah. Two different experiences. Yeah. Like, for me... It's totally different. For me, like, I've most, I've basically only had relationships with men. And, and I've got a lot more experience sexually with men as well. But I feel like I'm more, like, heteroamorous with men. Sure. Like, I feel romantic towards, towards like a male men. personality? I feel that way, too. Yeah. But sexually, I totally dig women. Yes. You know? But would I really see them in a romantic type of way where I picture us together? I feel the exact same way. No, I, I don't like feel that I could, I could have a really fun time being sexual with a woman, but I probably wouldn't want to, like, date or marry one. Yeah. Or Which have funny. picture a family. I or... just, like... But that's also because all my friends are women. I'm just very close with women naturally. Yeah. Which is a common thing for gay men, I think. Yep. So I just think the relationship there is more, like, close and relatable, and with men there's sort of the romance of, I don't know a lot of guys, comparatively. (laughs) It's the mysterious. The mysterious. (laughs) Wow, weird. That was more normal in my head, and then I said it, and I realized it was very bizarre. (laughs) No. Hmm. No, it's great. I love it. Um, but I'm the same way. Yeah. Do I necessarily picture like a life for myself with a woman? The right one, maybe. Ma- maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm open. Yeah. Again. I, all of a sudden, I met some like incredible, like warlord woman that, who's like, like I want you away. to be my my little husband <laughs> and stay by my side. I'd be like, let's okay. try it. Yeah. Let's try it. Sure. Me. Let's go. <laughs> Neat. Neat. Like a good, like, Yara Greyjoy from uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sure. Because <laughs> another thing is, like, are there any, are there a lot of, or any, I think I can think of one male bi role model. He's, I don't even think he's much no. of a role model. Andy Dick is very openly bi. I don't know who that is. He's a, <laughs> he's an actor. Um, he actually went through a lot of rehab and stuff like this, but... Um, and I think actually he was a sex addict, I think Yikes. I've got to look that, that up, but either way, he went through a lot of recovery and like had to make amends with a lot of people he had hurt. Um, but 
most definitely had come out as like as bi and he even is says like he calls himself trisexual which is like i'll try anything i will try anything (laughs) yeah i think it's meant maybe in a more like addict way like i'll fuck anything anywhere anytime (laughs) but you still wish that more people were going around being like i'll try anything to be like i'm trisexual yeah Yeah. i kind of love that term yeah yeah i feel like i'm that way i'm that way i'm probably going to mostly go for men but if something came along that i was like oh interesting why not like, even for me, like, no yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say no, who <laughs> might refuse attention. Um, for me, I feel like I'm, all, I'm also, yeah, I'm in like a mostly monogamous hetero relationship. I feel like we still constantly like want to explore like other relationship types, other like, like we're heterosexual. With each other? You guys are pretty experimental with yeah. each other. And I feel like we really do try to, like, push the envelope where it comes to, like, welcoming other people in a relationship or, you know, doing this and that. Um, Or even just, like, online things. Like, I feel like we're constantly uh, trying stuff out. And, like, a lot of times we'll try stuff and we're like, okay, well, that didn't, that obviously didn't. You gotta have a sense of humor about it. You have to just (laughs) sort of be like, this might not work. Oh, it didn't. Oh, well. And then throw it away and be done. And then I feel like we'll go back to just, like, focusing on us for a month or a couple months, and then we'll get, like, another idea to, like, try something else and be like, okay, let's do this. Like That's better, though. It means that you're never going to be... We're not bored. ...avoidant of change. <laughs> yeah. And of realizing that things don't always work, and sometimes you need change, and sometimes those changes won't successfully do what you thought they would. And... Yeah, and I feel like it... All of this type of experimentation and stuff like this might just get back to the fact that we both feel like we're monogamous with each other. Yeah. Which is cool too. Also fine. Like where once it was like bad to be anything but now it's like oh you're not cool if you're not like poly. Yeah. Sometimes we swing but like generally we don't want to. Most people will be like ah prude. I know right? You're like that's just what we like. Yeah like monogamy almost right now. We're saying like we're talking about two people that live like in very liberal Toronto but like in Toronto I feel like it's like monogamy is not evolved. No exactly. People are very into the open relationship about like the apps and about websites and about trying new things and being sex open. Yeah. And even just sleeping with lots of people, like not just being in one constricting quote unquote relationship, relationship right? Yeah. Like more people I feel like in Toronto right now, our age range are like more like casually dating. Yeah. You know, like it's Tinder, it's Grinder, it's, you know, all of these. Do you casually date? Do you, what do you? No, I haven't dated. I haven't really, I had a boyfriend about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And then it ended, and I haven't really dated much since then. But I've sort of been thinking about it lately and been like, oh, maybe I would have fun if I tried it again. Yeah? Because I went through a phase where I just was kind of isolated. Over it? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I got Tinder at a bar when I was drunk. Yeah. And I played on it that night, I think, but then kind of forgot about it and ended up just getting rid of it. Yeah. So you're not, like, on the dating, on the online dating? No. I don't, I don't know. Scene? If I met somebody in person, I would be open to dating. I yeah. Do people, <laughs> the question is going to be, do people still meet in person? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what everybody's asking me when I say that. They're like, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. Where, where does that happen? Hmm. Does it happen? I would try, yeah. I would try an app again. Yeah. I got to the point where I was like really ready. Yeah. But I, um, I definitely emotionally attach pretty quick. Mm-hmm. 
I do too. Yeah, so I don't know that like I'm fine when people want to have one night stands with each other. I don't I think that's fine and healthy, but I just don't think that my brain would really want that. Yeah. I think that it would just make me depressed. Yeah, I hear that. I do. Which I- also has to be fine. At least I know it about myself, right? <laughs> yeah, at least you're self aware. Yeah. You gotta know what you want. Yeah. Right? And what works for you. Yeah, and I'm not saying like I need to sit down and immediately know I'll marry this person. Sure. But yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a storyline is good. <laughs> Through narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this person? Why are they important in my life? Yeah. Not just some random person I met on a, an algorithm. Yeah. On my phone. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody your cell phone matched you up with. <laughs> yeah, I believe in fate. I'm a little more fateful. Do you? A little bit. Yeah. I like when things happen to me. <laughs> Passively. I like when I don't have to do any work and things will just float into my life. It'd be wonderful. Where did you meet your last boyfriend? How do you meet your last boyfriend? I met at theater school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do theater ish now. You do improv now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to sort of break more into comedy and yeah. experiment with my career and see where things go. I'm still sort of doing the acting thing. Doing the acting thing? Just in thing? a different vein. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Like, TV acting, do you go out for it? Like, commercials, that sort of thing? That's the majority of what I'm being seen for. I'm yeah. Obviously, nobody breaks yet. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be on TV. Yeah, or would even, you? Or like, be, like, a kid's TV host or something. <laughs> oh, my God. You'd be great at that. Down. You'd be really great at that. Yeah. And then I could just, like, have a penthouse, have sex parties every night. Yeah. Love it. What if? I guess I could just do that if I wanted to. Just you could do that now if you wanted to. Paragon of sex in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, you could do that now if you wanted to. Prince Orgy. Is that your name? Yeah. Yeah. I yes. Think so. I think it is. Yeah. Do you like ever meet people through comedy that you're kind of like, hey, like a couple people? There are people like in my radar peripheral view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There have been like conversations. You've like introduced each other. Yeah. You sort of know they're there. Yeah, you know they're there. <laughs> but you're waiting for them to come to you. <laughs> no, no, maybe, maybe no. You're just waiting for the right moment for it to fall into place. I don't like pushing things. Okay. I'm a little like uh That's kind of fatalist, yeah. Yeah. You're I waiting like, for the right moment. I just sort of like sit back and let whatever happens happen. Yeah. Just in general in your life. Yeah. <laughs> You're a passive observer. Definitely. <laughs> it's good though, it means I'm always in a good mood. So how are you? That doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm good with anything. Well, what if war broke out? Well, it breaks out. Not my problem. I guess I'll become a nurse. <laughs> Go with the flow. Yeah. I think that's a good I'm attitude, chill. man. Just like... Yeah. I kind of wish I could be more like that. Oh my God. I think I'm too particular. I need to know what's happening. I need to plan. That's There's my personality. There's part of me that's like that, and I sort of just repress it. <laughs> just push it way, way down. I think I, I wasn't always so good with the flow, and uh, it was definitely something I practiced. Mm-hmm. Well, you're lovely, Antonis. Oh my gosh, you're lovely. I think we're wrapping it up here. That sounds good. Are you? Is that okay? Is this the right moment to wrap up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't make the show. <laughs> I let the world do it for me. Um, what do you have coming up? You're, you're in Bedpost. Did we confirm that you are going to be in Bedpost? My manager is still in Portugal, so I okay. will be able to confirm very, very soon. But it's, So it's, you might be in Bedpost. And if not this time, then next time. Great. Yeah. So that will be September the 30th, mm-hmm. if we do that, because we have a fantastic little number mm-hmm. rehearsed, we you do. and I. 
Um, do you have anything else coming up that you would um, like to talk about? October 20th, I'm doing two shows. Um, I am hosting a Halloween-type show called Shadow Prince at the John Candy Theater. Yes. Um, it's going to be improvised comedy and storytelling. And then after that, we're going to be doing our second episode now of the... Um, music comedy show Propaganda mm-hmm. that has uh, music and improvised comedy and other fun things, character work. So those are both at the John Candy Theater at 99 Blue Jays. Away. John Candy Box. It's a classic theater. Classic. Classic. Iconic. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Antonis. Thank you for having me. Man, this was fun. Uh, we, one more time with this last name. Oh my God. <laughs> Antonis Varkaris. You got it. Yes. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. I'm Aaron Pym and thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Bedpost podcast. Um, check back often because we release a new episode every Friday. And if you want to see Bedpost live, our variety stage show runs at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday of every month at eight. The uh, change this month of September, though, is that it's happening on the 30th this month, and we'll be right back on schedule next month. For more information on everything Bedpost, please visit facebook.com slash bedposterotica. We are also newly on Instagram, so follow me, guys. And lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached on Facebook or at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. 